This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Shazam! Fury of the Gods. He's red. He's fast. He's not Ezra Miller. Recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Hello, how are you, Aaron? You know what? I'm doing well. It's been a a productive uh, rainy Sunday afternoon. And, there you uh, go. Now we're totally now we're in a we're in a productive rainy Sunday evening. And let me tell you, we're going to product. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> how are you doing, Abe? I'm doing all right. Uh, the rain's here. Had uh, some uh, so basically kind of stayed indoors, so less productive. But you know, kind of on some stuff. It uh, is a uh, Berkeley and March Madness. Uh, no, uh, but uh, oh, what you happened? guys made it. <laughs> what, what, what happened? <laughs> oh, the... you know, we, we only won three games this season, so <laughs> not great. What, a, what about how Stanford do? Uh, actually, I don't know how they did. We hate <laughs> them, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Santa Barbara did make it to the finals and then promptly lost. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> as I expect. <laughs> Anyway, Gauchos. this podcast has nothing to do with March Madness. Nope. This is a film podcast where Amy and I discuss new movies weekly. Uh, we do go to movies, we most support for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 526, 526. Wow, that's uh, quite a lot there. I mean, it's like how much Shazam can bench press? <laughs> Probably more. Tickets it sold, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, shots fired across the bridge of Zach Levi's nose. Get him, Eric. <laughs> But yes, we uh we uh, we are talking Shazam, Fury of the Gods this week, and joining us to do such things we have, he's a managing editor for Cinema Blend, currently dealing with a zoning lawsuit regarding his newly extended Rock of Eternity. It's Eric Eisenberg. Hey, hey how's it going, guys? Thank you for having hey, me. Eric. For sure, glad Good to have, have you back. back. It's uh, it's been a minute, but we're glad to have you on here as always. How are you been doing? I've been doing well. I mean, uh, I feel like right now we're in the midst of like a really kick-ass month for movies. So that is always going to raise my spirits. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the rain kind of sucks. Uh, really sick of that. Not exactly part of the reason why I moved to Los Angeles. But, you know, uh, you don't need to worry about the rain if you're going to see a lot of movies. So they kind of balance each other out in a way. There you go. Yeah, well, as a wise singer once said, I'm a, they're only happy when it rains. So. Yeah, there you go. But that's not me. I'm not happy when it rains. I, I generally, like, my mood goes down. I needed to stop immediately and resist. Um, <laughs> but, uh, let's let's get to the more movie stuff. What are we doing here? First up, some show, some, some, some show notes. Uh, new commentary track. Uh, for the past few months, we've had a theme of our commentaries going as uh, I Love L.A., uh, where we talk about movies that are, we, we do commentaries for movies that are set in Los Angeles during various decades, all focusing in the kind of action, action comedy genre. We've talked about Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. And at the time of this recording, tomorrow, we're recording our commentary for Rush Hour. Rush Hour is next. Heard of it. Uh-huh. So stay tuned for that. That should be a lot of fun as we continue to <laughs> do commentaries <laughs> occasionally for Brett Ratner films, which is not problematic whatsoever. Um <laughs> It's weird that we've done three <laughs> Brett Ratner commentaries just by default because he happens to have been a lot of things. Um, but there's other things to talk about beyond Brett Ratner. So I'm just going to stop saying that. Like really, really, really are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just because we did X Men movies, so we did X3, and we did all the Hannibal movies, so we had to do Red Dragon. Red Dragon like, yeah, that, that Brett Ratner's really got his thumb in a lot of properties. He gets around, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, all right. What else? Uh, iTunes views are ratings, of course. Good to get so, get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. Pops us up on the old iTunes charts if you give us a rating interview, which will be wonderful. Thank you so much in advance. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. Now let's get to uh, let's get to some out now quickies. Trademark. Each one now. We move do it. That's why we're doing that. Those are quickies. That is trademarked. All right. Abe, I want to yes. hear from you. What have you seen recently? Uh, a movie called House Party, which is on HBO Max. Uh, Max. This is the most recent version of it. The, the I guess the um, the redux of it. It's not very good. Uh, yeah. I think that there's. They set up an interesting premise, and it's the same premise as before, where they're they're just throwing a house party. House party. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> it's weird because at one point in the movie, they start to have like a, a serious heart to heart, like the two main characters. And I was like, I don't know if this is really uh what i was feeling at all and also to be honest like I, I didn't think that the party got too crazy like it didn't really get at a super hand where i was feeling very nervous for really anybody um like a movie or a, a, like a movie that that does kind of get out of hand and you're just like oh i hope that they're okay is something like dope um where it's like um i don't Great like movie. the situation and also things are going pretty south and i hope that he gets into harvard um but i, I, will, I will say, say- yeah, go ahead. Sorry, just in defense of House Party, like one thing I will say is like the scene with Kid Cudi and the Illuminati, like that is where the shit gets really crazy in that movie. And that's really where that movie, that's the level at where that movie should be at for its entire runtime. Like for the entire, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, so like, it does agree. get weird there. And I was actually, oh, this is very, I was actually thinking that maybe Dolly Parton was going to show up. Um, <laughs> just but, to be uh, clear, you you said the scene with Kid Cudi and the Illuminati. Just making yes. sure I heard that yeah. correctly. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's okay. Right. Carry on. Uh, I will also say that lastly, uh, this is part of LeBron James's best acting performance on screen. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, but yeah, House Party, uh, 2022, 2023. Not not great. Man, we should we should probably do a commentary for all three House Parties. <laughs> um, all three of them. <laughs> we'll think about it. Yeah. And just it, just you and I. We don't need Brandon for that. <laughs> um, Perfect. Okay. I'm, That's all. I'm, I'm sorry that the house wasn't bumping um, as much as it could have been. Yeah. And it's a like because like the first house party like I, like the Robin Harris stuff is super fun and that's like where the emotional core is if you want to call it that. When, yeah. This one kind of like skates on things like that, but it doesn't really it doesn't really uh, activate anything. I would say I, I would also I give it. Wa- I wouldn't want any of it. I would like yeah. if you're making another house party, there's no part of me that's like, I hope there's a real deep meaning at the end of this. Like, no, just, there really isn't. It's just about friendship and and getting with Maya Harrison. Um but uh the I think the the thing that they also try to do is like, try to make it feel like a 90s movie, which at times has succeed. Um uh, but also they kind of have to reference 2023 uh things so kind of weird i'm glad at least lebron is is thriving in his in the world where he again won space jam but has still been incorporated into all of wb properties since then right yeah <laughs> i saw the logo and i was like lebron james is in this movie he's got a contract he's in the movies and the games everything that don Cheadle wanted for him has happened <laughs> no matter what that movie wants to tell you don Cheadle won yeah he did yeah. win yeah that's, that's interesting. Yeah. anything else Abe? no that's it you just you just watched house parties like i'm set for the week yeah i'm set for the <laughs> week i was like between yeah, I'm, this and I'm, shazam i'm gonna watch to one watch. terrible movie and i'm done for the week i don't need to watch anything else yeah my my battery is drained eric how about you what have you been watching recently uh, I've been kind of, I've been, like I said, loving March uh, so far. I mean, uh, it's like 
kick it off with Creed three down to Scream uh, Scream six. All the uh, Roman numeral movies you got exactly. Those in the yeah, back. I mean, <laughs> it started off extremely well. Shazam, I really dug. Did not really love sixty five. Uh, was just kind of shocked by how boring that was. Or or as I call it, V I space V. That's a, there you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, one movie that I can't really talk about because it's still under embargo, but still have something interesting to say about Ooh. is uh, A Good Person, the new Zach Braff movie. Ah, okay. Under normal circumstances, that probably would not inspire. Wait, what the hell are you talking about as far as interesting things? However, uh, Zach Braff comes from my hometown. The movie is therefore set in my hometown. And there's a sequence where Morgan Freeman is in the principal's office of my high school wow and that's fucking surreal like (laughs) you're like seeing morgan freeman and florence pew out where i used to out on the field where i used to play kickball and like in gym class like it's uh it's it's quite a it's quite a thing to see i gotta like adds kind of an an interesting level to the viewing experience for that one i'm I'm certainly curious like i'll put this out there zach braff innocent I like I can't say that I'm a huge Garden State fan, but I never like had this animosity towards it either. It's like it's fine. And then his crowdfunded movie, I Wish You Were Here. I also thought what for especially for us Jews, a very good Jewish comedy drama. Like no, I, I, I can't say I ever saw it, but uh I but Garden State again is like likewise is set in my hometown. So I like it's one of those things that I can't hate on it too much, just mm-hmm. yeah, on principle. Yeah. So yeah. I'm saying I'm just I'm I'm genuinely curious to see his new movie. Like I I don't think I mean he... like I said I would express an opinion. Uh, I'm just under embargo. So. Under embargo. Yeah. I, it feels like I haven't seen Morgan Freeman in a while. So I'm like, ah, Morgan Freeman's got something going on. I'll go check it out eventually. <laughs> He's a new look at the Oscars. That yeah, he had that Paramount Plus yeah. trailer. He looked rather old. And, and in a way he where he is like eighty something, isn't he? Yeah, but like he's always yeah. like at, for us, he's always been old, and it's weird that it's like old, he's like Shawshank nineteen ninety four, like notably yeah. old now. And it's like, oh well, he's still kicking. Yeah. I mean, you know, good for him; he's doing his thing. Anyway, what else, Eric? Uh, I mean, on the t- I will say, uh, I mean, I, well, on the TV front, uh, I've been watching just a ton because there's a ton to watch. But the one that I will highlight that I've been loving is uh, the revival of Party Down. Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Either of you guys uh, have watched the original series, but mm-hmm. like it's been a decade and it's exactly it, it has just the perfect voice. It, it matches the voice entirely. Characters are as funny as ever. And yeah, absolutely loving it. I'm awesome. a huge fan of Party Down. Uh, I, I rewatched the first two seasons anticipation of this third season. However, I do not have stars. Um, and so I'm like waiting right now for blind spotting season two to start. So ah. that I can get stars for like a 30 day trial and watch both those shows and then oh, be this. done. <laughs> like that's that's my that's my plan right now. It's the math. It's streaming math. I get it. Yeah. 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 Even yeah, the, even though I'm well within my rights to like request screeners as a critic and do what I can. And I probably will try that. But still, <laughs> this is my backup plan for, for, as far as that goes. Back for to sure. your roots. Got it. Exactly. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, I will say I'm just looking the hell forward to Succession and Yellow Jackets, like counting down down the hours for both of those. So, yeah, very excited. Can I say I have no idea what the premise of Yellow Jackets is beyond they get trapped on an island and there's both young and old versions of them? It's not an island. It's not an island. Yeah, again, I have no idea. Yeah, you should (laughs) honestly just dig in, like just watch the show completely blind because it'll tell you what it is really quickly and it's 
addictive as hell. I like, guess I think Island because I hear like Lord of the Flies factors into some. In oh some yeah, it's of, very much, very much of that. So I guess my my mind jumps to Island, but it doesn't, gotcha. I guess it doesn't yes. have to be an Island. It's I mean, they're in like Lost, yeah. and it's like yeah, sure, like sure. the idea of just that's the casual place when you have a plane disaster to crash land. Uh, but this is in uh, the Appalachian Mountains, so uh, yeah, it's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like John Denver warned us all about West Virginia, right. um, exactly. warned us. That's, how he, that's what he did. <laughs> yeah, that that's the tone. That of was that the song, tone right? of his yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I've seen. First off, I'm well aware that there are Roman numerals for 65, but it's way funnier for me to think of it as VI space V. That just made that's just. That's, that's, Thank <laughs> see, you for that's fixing your mistake earlier. It wasn't a mistake. I'm well aware that you could do CI. Like I don't. Whatever. It's just you just don't know your Roman numeral. CXD. It's yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's just funny. Put on a poster. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> um. All right. Uh, I've seen a few things here. First is Boston Strangler. Uh, oh, yeah. This is on Hulu now. It's about the. Boston Strangler and about the female reporters um, who uh, basically dug into the case and wrote all about it or whatnot. I have to say female reporters because, of course, that's a point of controversy or whatever you want to call it back in that time um, as far as putting women on the case of this horrendous crime spree that's taking place. Uh, this movie is unremarkable. Oh. Um, it feels very much like Zodiac Light. Um I get the it, it it reminded me of like what I felt about she said where it's like I get the importance of doing a movie like this but that doesn't mean the execution's automatically good and I just right. don't think it really is here mm -hmm. like there's good performance you have Karen Knightley and Carrie Coon playing like the lead reporters here um and uh, Alessandra Navola's in here as well and I was like seeing him and things mm -hmm. but the movie itself just doesn't really it doesn't th there's not a lot going on to make me feel something significant about how it's told this story it just feels like it again it's aping zodiac and you know that's not a bad movie to ape but i mean at the same time it's like if you're gonna ape of this kind yeah, of movie that's the one to do that's yeah. one to go for but yeah it's in terms of just what i got out of this for a two-hour you know movie about this specific topic it's not it's not really it didn't really do anything for me hmm. got it i also watched uh moving on this is uh with um jane fonda and lily tomlin uh, I don't know if you heard of them uh, uh, playing uh, friends <laughs> of each other in movies or TV before, but this is a, is a real experiment here. No, tell um, them more. <laughs> yeah, Do they have the good idea... chemistry, though? Do they match? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the idea here is that um, um, a, a a friend of both Fonda and Tomlin's has passed away. Uh, what's the name? Malcolm McDowell is, is the husband. He's now now he's the widow. Um, and something occurred in the past that wants Jane that Jane Fonda now wants to use as an excuse to kill Malcolm McDowell. Um, it is a comedy <laughs> with some <laughs> dramatic areas. Um, and basically the movie is about like us learning about her and Tomlin, who are both like past friends and now they're kind of reacquainted with each other. Uh, and we're trying to figure out like what it is that McDowell did that's so horrible and whether or not these characters go through with actually enacting some sort of revenge on him. Um, How similar is it to that one episode of Poker Face? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, not to, <laughs> given that they move around a lot more, they're more spry. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but I, I see where you're coming from. And I would say the tone of that episode is very similar to this movie. I would say that. Okay. And mm. I will say the acting is good, really good in this film. I haven't watched Grace and Frankie, so I'm not like super caught up with the camaraderie between Tomlin and, and Fonda. Mm -hmm. But their performances here in a film where the premise and the story is like whatever, 
I mean, whatever. It's better than that, but it's still like it's not the highlight. It's just more of like seeing these, you know, two older women giving really solid performances, and that's what they're doing. Uh, I think Fonda in particular has some like dramatic beats that she gets to work with, and she, and Richard Roundtree like jumps into this movie like later on, and she, you get the, they get to interact. It's like, well, that's fun. Shaft's in this movie, mm-hmm. um, so it's like it's a perfectly like serviceable movie that just happens to have like really strong performances in it. Got to be better than the last Shaft movie, so there's that. <laughs> Most <laughs> things are. I'm, I'm, I, I, I I I wouldn't know to tell you if either House Party or Shaft is better than the other. <laughs> oh, I, I can 100 have... <laughs> guarantee that House Party is way better. Like, but, oh, but that last well, Shaft movie I, is very. I, I just, Despise <laughs> that shaft movie. It's, oh my god. It's really awful. <laughs> oh, it's truly terrible. It's got such a terrible head on its shoulders. I can't, mm. it's I can't even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I watched a new film from the Dardenne brothers. Oh. Um, the the Belgian filmmaking siblings that toss in a movie about uh current states of the world in various parts of Europe every so often. This one's called Tori and Lokita. Um, it is about two African refugees um that are they say they're brother and sister and it's weird like the Darden brought the films never really have much of a plot beyond like here's a thing and it's going to happen for a couple days or some hours and then you just kind of go with it and that's what this is it's an interesting character study that's very light it's very minimalist that's because that's a big part of their thing but it sort of becomes a thriller by the end as far as them trying to secure work i guess is the Mm. simplest way to put it uh if you are a fan of the Darden brothers and I tend to like what they do. Uh, I like this film. I thought it was solid enough. Um, not one of their best compared to some of their like earlier features, but it just the chance to see a new Darden brother film. Uh, I jumped on because like yeah, cool. And uh, I was you know for movies that generally last about eighty ish minutes, just satisfied. So mm, I was happy. Okay, with it. nice. Uh, a couple more things. Let's see. I got the Criterion Blu-ray for Last Hurrah for Chivalry. One of John Woo's first movies, yeah, a, a wuxia film, and um, I just want to point out it fucking rocks. Nice. <laughs> it's so <laughs> good. It's yeah. such a. It, it's it's very much a like, like in the realm of like Shaw Brothers kung fu flicks, like where you get you know some plot at the beginning, and then it eventually turns into just like fight chaos, where there's just all these elaborate sword fights and fist fights or whatnot, and. It's John Woo. So it's like, it's really well done. There's a good dose of slow motion in there. And it's a lot about like, it's very similar to something like Hard Boiled or The Killer, where there's a lot of brotherly love kind of stuff going on as far as like two people teaming up to try to take down another guy. And it's just like the way it escalates and like the moves and stuff. And you think, and it's like, it's 1979. So just like the way it builds and builds to like more grandiose action set pieces within the realm of a, you know, a kung fu. Hong Kong flick, it's like, yeah, this rocks. So I was very happy to catch up with uh, one of his earliest films that I had not seen before. And um, the last thing I will mention, I've watched a lot of depressing movies (laughs) in the past (laughs) week. And so to to rectify that, and knowing that it's its 25th anniversary, uh, that's not the entire reason, but I watched Big Lebowski for like the first time in a few years. Oh, I love Uh it. And oh my god, it's just top to bottom, just hilarity. Never gets old. Never never gets old. Every second of that film is perfect. Every beat has something going on that makes me smile or laugh or laugh very hard. Um, It is just wonderful. (laughs) So it was very... We used to be able to make movies. What happened? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I've been watching. Uh, That's how I please. Trademark. Let's move on now. Let's get to some trailer talk. We talk about one of those movie trailers of the week, when they're coming out, when we thought of it, and what have you. This week we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon Mutant Mayhem. The 
latest in the realm of theatrically released Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. It is a computer animated TMNT movie um, from from producer and eternal teenage. What did it say? Like for always eternal. Uh, yeah, I mean perpetual teenager. Teenager. Permanent, permanent teenager. Permanent teenager. Permanent teenager. Yeah. Permanent teenager you, Seth Rogen. Um, it has. A lot of talents, including Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, John Cena, Hannibal Buress, Rose Byrne, Ice Cube, Post Malone, actor Post Malone, uh, Paul Rudd, Maya, <laughs> Rudolph, Giancarlo, Esposito, and like four actual teenagers playing the Turtles. Yeah. Um, so trailer's out. We got it. Eric, I'm curious. What did you think of the trailer for Mutant Mayhem? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was incredibly, incredibly impressive. Like, I, I will say, like, so just to put it, the base level out there, uh, when I was a kid, I liked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I watched episodes of the show. I watched the movies. I was not, like, obsessed with them. I wasn't one of those kind of 90s, 80s kids. Sure. Uh, the modern stuff that I have seen, like the Paramount live action ones I'm specifically thinking about, uh, I thought were just terrible. So uh, pretty low modern bar in my brain for where Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has been. Hmm. However, like, yeah, this trailer, I mean, it, obviously there's a lot of uh, Spider-Verse energy within it. The uh, Just as far as kind of it, its style and kind of tempo, the art looks gorgeous like i i love it's just embrace of non-symmetrical lines and the like just the matte coloring the painting it's like it looks beautiful so uh and it's funny like it i le legitimately clicked with the characters instantly they actually i and, and i think a part of it is the fact that they're actually voiced by kids uh it has that kind of authentic youthful energy that you would hope for from you know teenage mutant ninja turtles mm -hmm. uh so yeah i i i i'm very surprised and uh now anticipating it hey, how about you are these heroes with a half shell impressing you very much so. Uh, Capital L loved this trailer as well. Um, I think when you see the the early parts come on, and then all of a sudden a tribe card quest kicks in, and I'm just like, I fucking love this trailer. Uh, uh. Doesn't even matter like what they're trying to sell me on. But everything that Eric said is true. When you get to hearing these kids, you're just like, oh, I like they actually are kids, including one that may or may not have gone through puberty yet in in Donatello. Uh, so very cool to have them kind of here and um, artistically just in a really cool, like unkempt uh, art style. But also I hope that it's going to be really, really good because I also just had a direct connection to it immediately. Yeah, this is coming from director Jeff Rowe, who was a co-director on the Mitchells vs. Machines, nice. um, a movie that we, I assume all three of us really like. Um I I am with you guys. I'm so entirely sold on this. I, the look of this looks fantastic. I, I'm once again super happy that Spider-Verse has benefited other animation studios so much yes. mm -hmm. as far as just remembering that it's okay to go out there with ideas and not go for, you know, photo reel all the time. Like, this just has such a unique look to it as far as representing what this iteration of Turtles can be in a world where we've had a lot of iterations of Turtles. It is yes. not a franchise that has gone away, even if we don't pay attention to it. So, mm -hmm. like, the fact that they're just still finding unique ways to present them and do things that seemingly feel ambitious. Yeah, that just that goes a long way with me as far as selling me on this, along with, yes, the comedy for it. Um, I had seen the trailer, like, when it debuted, like, on my computer, but then I saw it today in a theater for the first time. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, this looks even better. Than, like, obviously, it's bigger, but, like, I can really see just how much detail they're putting into this thing. And, yeah, I'm really excited to see just 
what it's able to accomplish. Like I, I don't want to put my hopes, you know, super sky high, but at the same time, it's like, this looks great. Like everything about this so far in the, the two minutes we've seen looks very impressive. So, sure. I mean, and another thing, I mean, just especially on the Spider-Verse front, something that like, just if you go through the trailer and you stop on any frame, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Like yeah, it's, it's it is really just one of those, which obviously it's two minutes, maybe this, but I don't, it doesn't feel like one of those things where they're just putting their best two minutes forward. Like every yeah. single frame is legitimately beautiful and just has that handcrafted quality that Spider-Verse has where like not every frame is perfectly playing by rules. They're just like, they're right. little scribbles and paint strokes that, like that you can see. And yeah, it's tremendously well done. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like we're all highly looking forward to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which opens in theaters August 4th this summer. So stay Pretty tuned far away, that. considering all things. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully it runs August, though, like just destroys. We'll Between that and Mission Impossible, yeah, there'll be plenty of stuff going on. I mean, that's Mission Impossible. Par- Par- well, Paramount's going to be crushing late <laughs> summer is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. They've been on a roll. They've been yeah. killing it. Like, yeah. Yeah, thank you, uh, uh, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say the star of Paramount's other super franchise. That's right, Glenn Powell. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, like we can't invoke the name Tom Cruise for some reason. <laughs> 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 he'll show up. <laughs> Don't say it again twice. <laughs> he'll show up to compliment other people's movies like he yeah. does every now and then. <laughs> all right. The Flash hey, is fantastic. You can see The Flash, it's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love the movies. <laughs> what's there it's like it's like he legit like loves movies and he watches does. all, movies he does. all the time but like it's hard to like watch it's hard to like look him in the face and hear him say that and be like that definitely 100 percent sounds real i don't know what it is and, it's, and it's ironic because he is such a good actor but yeah. <laughs> no i know i 100 percent know what you mean but honestly and, and like uh and i weirdly enough i brought this up at the uh with keanu reeves at the john wick junket like Canary is another one like you you legitimately feel their love of movies and that just makes you kind of appreciate their work and what yeah. they do more. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I, I I think that's a big component of their just cinematic personalities. For sure. I'm glad to hear that Keanu Reeves is a big fan of the movies. Yes, yeah. very much so. I love his uh, um, his Hollywood Square speech. He gives like, I love movies. I love movies. <laughs> he loves them. <laughs> I love making them. And I love watching them. I love movies. Because he never he never seems so animated. <laughs> it's like what is happening? It's like oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's true. He was telling the truth. This is where he's at. All right. So yeah, teenage mutant ninja turtles. <laughs> yeah, we're all excited. Yeah. Uh, how Okay, let's uh, move on. Let's get to our main review for Shazam: Fury of the Gods. A lot has changed in the last few years. The wizard gave me superpowers. Shazam! And then everybody got superpowers. Started from the bottom, now we're here. All right, here's the situation. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Daughters of Atlas are coming to hunt us. Children stole the power of the gods. You ripped it from our father's core. Okay, I feel like maybe I should be writing all this down. Give us the powers, child. Your world will not survive this. You want these powers? Come get them! Hey, Khaleesi! Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, not a whole team in. We have one job to do. Save the world. Billy! 
I don't know how we fight powers like this. I can't do this. Take my powers back. You gave them to me so you would take them back, right? I spent millennia searching for a worthy champion. You know exactly what must be done. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Shazam, Fury of the Gods. 2019's Shazam was a big sigh of relief. Uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman showed that DC solo films of late could work, but the whole Justice League fiasco following the BBS fiasco made it feel as though these DC films would seem kind of skeptical up until their release. So Shazam fortunately turned out quite well for all involved, including David F. Sandberg, who returns for the sequel, which further explores what it means for Billy Batson and his foster siblings to be a Shazamly as they attempt to fight crime and help citizens, disastrously as that may turn out. Meanwhile, the daughters of Atlas have arrived on Earth and are very angry with how a wizard gave powers to a kid, and they are now looking to punish humanity. What's a Shazam going to do to help? Eric, I want yes. you to tell us uh, some brief thoughts you had on uh, 2019 Shazam, and then what you thought of the sequel. Sure. Um, I think 2019 Shazam is great. I thought it was a... As, as far as its timing goes in the DC Extended Universe, it very much was a breath of fresh air. It was a... I, I think David F. Sandberg has a great voice and actually, surprisingly, very similar to the voice that James Gunn has in the sense that it's kind of kind of screwed up, uh, has weird, dark sensibilities, but also a very sharp sense of humor. So I thought that... I, I really enjoyed everything that uh, David F. Sandberg brought to that. And I think he brings a lot of that same same energy back for this one. Uh, it is a little less uh, there, I would say, uh, as as far as comparison are concerned. I think that this movie's biggest problem is just the fact that its villain plot is just incredibly meh. They're just really like it. It seems like they half kind of thought it half thought it through and this kind of decided to implement it. And because there was like a ticking clock, there wasn't uh, on the production because of how old, how old the kids are that uh, like they really just kind of had to move forward with what they had. And like, as a result, the plotting of this movie is very much so. So, however, I think the movie on the whole works mostly because of the humor, uh, the action and mostly the characters, especially Jack Dylan Grazer uh, as Freddy, who just steals every single scene he's in and has real chemistry with every single actor in this ensemble. So, uh, yeah, overall, I gave it a three point five out of five. All right. Dave, how about you? Uh, I don't remember what I thought of Shazam in 2019. I'm sure that it was just okay. Um, <laughs> this this uh, movie here, the 2023 Shazam Fury of the Gods, uh, didn't like it that much. I I agree with a lot with Eric is saying here, just from the standpoint of having these plots uh, and these villains and everything else. I I I did like when they were teenagers uh you know jack dylan grazer and asher angel and the rest of the 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 mob hanging out together i think that's kind of really where it separates itself from the 2019 one is the 2019 one has to deal with a lot of just them being teenagers and kind of like being a a, a cohesive duo at that point together before they get the rest of the family involved and this one kind of like has just a lot going on with it and all of the a lot going on just doesn't really add up to a whole lot because they have to they kind of just like gloss over things that maybe matter or don't matter or kind of just have a really cool, you know, Greek mythology underlying, but then nothing really plays out, um, which is unfortunate. And I think that 
David Assemble, he's he's gonna get a great gig being you know one of the new directors for the Harry Potter franchise because some of the really neat things about the cavern and the production design here goes a long way. And I thought that there was like some really cool designs and stuff like that. But monsters are whole, cool. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is that just the monsters are cool? The monsters, but also like the library and Steve, the talking pen and or not even talking pen, but like the the animated pen and what have you. I thought that that was actually really pretty interesting and fascinating. Um, but yeah, on the whole, it really didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, I really like the first Shazam. Like I put that just right up there as far as these recent DC films go, as far as being one of among the best ones by a decent margin. Um, so you know, I wanted this to be. A solid follow-up, just because I also really like David F. Sandberg. I like his sensibility. I like him as a filmmaker who's very willing to kind of share his process and you know things that he works on or whatnot, given all his short film work and everything. Um, and I would say, like, I don't dislike this movie, but it's certainly notably less fun than the first Shazam movie, or at least less good. Um, and I think that comes from a variety of reasons that you guys have already laid out. Um, I don't think Hella Mirren and Lucy Liu are bad in this movie. But I do think the plot involving them is not the most exciting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> we, we can talk about what Black Adam's not doing in this movie later on. But the, the fact <laughs> that they just went with like, well, I guess we got random gods here is such a weird choice in a universe that has so many DC characters to choose from. And it makes me wonder if he was hamstrung by just various other mechanics going on that he couldn't actually use any other Shazam villains and had to sort for this. Um the the key issue i think is that it, it it there's so much less of the kids and like the yep. the kind of the big sensibility that the first one was obviously going for that it you know the thing that i like about Shazam is less here like i i there's the two things it really amps up is the amount of Zachary Levi and the amount of uh, Jack Dylan Grazer and one of those things is terrific it's Jack Dylan Grazer he's yep. great in this movie throughout I have nothing against Zach. I have nothing against Zach really. Like he's fine, but there's just no arc for Billy. So it's like where the first one dealt with this child who was abandoned by his parents and had to deal with this whole foster thing. This movie has really nothing for him to do. And so I don't need there to be this like huge dramatic issue going on in what's ostensibly an action comedy, but there's no real there there for this movie to kind of go along with beyond now we just got another one of these, so we'll just put all these guys together and see what we can come up with. And that's fine. That's why I like this movie okay, because I do think the stuff that works works well enough. But it is missing more of a kind of a push to get me to care more about what's taking place this time around, which is a shame, because I do think there's so much on screen that does work. Compared to Ant-Man that we talked about a few weeks ago, <laughs> this movie looks really good <laughs> like it, and presumably costs yeah. less money. The set pieces here, I like that they're not too overly sized i feel like it's contained enough but i like the use of you know crazy mythological creatures that feel right out of a harryhausen movie with like the cyclops (laughs) and stuff like Uh that along with a giant wooden dragon like those things i think look really good and they're in daylight so there's no confusing the fact that they look good and i was very happy about that yeah well i mean what i was gonna say is like it's funny because when you uh first contacted me about coming on the show like uh you offered me the chance to either be do talk shazam or talk Uh ant-man and unfortunately i couldn't make ant-man work uh as far as timing goes uh Uh but i i saw shazam i think like something like a week after ant-man came out and i hate 
I really, I, I, hate is strong. I have an extreme dislike for Quantumania. Like, I think that movie is deficient in many seriously important ways. And so I will say that part of my appreciation from, for Shazam is colored by my lack of appreciation for Quantumania. <laughs> and, and part of that is the fact that, yeah. like, yes, Shazam doesn't do everything that its predecessor does well but it does still have that like general energy and tone and heart that it does that that, that they're at least going for that while Quantumania just tries to be a completely different movie and ends up being absolutely nothing in and of itself so like that contrast and I like and I yeah I was really bummed about Quantumania like I I'm always rooting for Marvel's Marvel movies to be exciting because obviously every new chapter kind of adds to this bigger picture and if that bigger and if every new chapter is exciting the bigger picture is exciting and it just kind of all like grows and grows so to have this terrible movie at this like really important moment in time for the MCU really sucked and like meanwhile Shazam it's literally the exact opposite situation where the DCEU is shuddering like it's basically a canceled TV show at this point that's running out its remaining episodes. And so like there are no like larger, bigger stakes for Shazam. And it is kind of just its own thing again. And I have an appreciate I can appreciate that. I can appreciate the fact that it is uh, legitimately funny in spurts. And like I said before, Jack Dylan Grazer is fantastic, especially yeah. the scenes that he has with Jamon Huntsu. Like they yeah. have like yeah. of all to, of all the actors in this movie that you could pair together and tell me, oh wow, they have the best dynamic of all of them. That's a strange pick, but it I think it's the one. And you're not so, gonna find me complaining about having more Jamon Huntsu in yeah, any movie. Agreed. So. No, of course. <laughs> yes. But no, I, I hear you. I mean, yes, he he is certainly a highlight, and yeah, like that pairing is very fun. But yeah, and like I'm, I've I've tried so hard to to not think about the idea that DC's doing a whole, you know, they're they're shuffling around so much. Through sure. like, what does this really mean for this? Like, it's like there's a movie here. Let me see what this movie's trying to do. But it's like that does feel part of it. As far as it's, I don't need it to set up other things. But it's like, what's what's the step for these characters? And by the end of this movie, I can't say I really have that answer, which I think is part of beyond just like. We're a stronger family. It's like, well, that's any movie. Like, what, what, what else? What else you got for me? <laughs> Aaron, he calls her mom now. And I, yeah, and I, it, it's noticeable. Like, you don't get a lot of the kids. It's really noticeable how not how much you don't get Asher Angel in this movie. <laughs> like, there is yeah. no like non non Shazammed Billy. Um, sure. Like, very few. So it's, I don't know if that's just by design. Uh, by by requiring more screen time for from whoever side, or if Asher Angel doesn't didn't you know wasn't feeling it, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but it's it, it did seem very curious to me. It's like we have a lot of Freddy, we do not have a lot of Billy, right. <laughs> like, and that was that was a big part of the first movie. So I was like, I don't yeah. Know. Uh, what, I actually was thinking to myself, um, you know, we need more like dark unicorn movies, like in general. Yeah, because uh, that was actually a really cool, a really cool thought up concept that they had here. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, man, I haven't really seen a unicorn since uh, maybe uh, was a uh, legend. Uh, but that's a good unicorn. That's not a bad unicorn. Yeah, bad unicorns are special. Doesn't yeah. a unicorn like kill a guy in Cabin in the Woods? He does. Yeah, he does. Right. He impales a guy. Yes, yeah. Pretty sure there's an yeah. impaling unicorn. <laughs> yes. Impaling unicorn, okay, we yes. need more of that. We need more of that. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. yeah, 
Go, well, go. I was just going to say, I I, it, I think that is, again, just kind of part of the David Sandberg sensibility. And by the way, the fact that he David Sandberg's uh, cameo getting carried off by a harpy, mm-hmm. I think is also uh, kind of indicative <laughs> of that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that is one of the highlights of this movie is just kind of that Greek, mon- Greek Roman monster mm-hmm. mayhem that it's able to unleash, especially if not because and this kind of feeds in, into what you were saying earlier, Abe, uh, just about kind of like half kind of half finished ideas like the whole the idea of the dome over philadelphia i was like well that is kind of a whole movie in and of itself (laughs) you barely do anything with it which is kind of a bummer everyone living within the dome is still living their lives regularly every day kind of just like eating their chili dog or eating their cheesesteaks and Right. You know, just complaining here and there to Shazam about like taking care of the problem. I mean, what else are they gonna do? You know, I mean, the zombies <laughs> went to the true. mall. The zombies still went to the mall. I mean, that's you know, people, people are gonna people. You know? People are gonna people. Yeah. I, I have a question, and it gets yes. Into, what was the what happened with these villains exactly? Like, I'm, I've been trying to piece. I'm still like unclear. So they're they're gods. They're daughters of Atlas, mm-hmm. right? Shazam like breaks a staff, and therefore they like what? They just they're throwing. I think okay. So this is my understanding. Like so, the wizard. Uh, like so, Atlas is one of the gods in Shazam, and like the acronym that is Shazam. Yeah. Uh, so the powers were stolen. Uh, put into the staff, and in doing so, uh, like the gods Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, uh, were pissed off about it. Uh, they ended up getting like trapped magically. Uh. And the staff was like keeping them kept away. And then when the staff was snapped, they were like able to get out. What I don't perfectly understand is why like it took them so long to find the staff. Like because hmm. there are like two years that pass in between the end of the first movie and this one. So I'm not really clear on why it is that like they weren't able to get the staff until now. I mean, Eric, I think it's pretty uh, obvious. They had to get their passports and then they had to like, naturally, okay, you're right. and then the pandemic yeah. probably made things. Yeah. I guess I'm underthinking this. They had to go <laughs> to a museum, wait in line, you know, <laughs> very long line. Yes. I'm yeah. Sure. But that's a good point. Like I actually, uh, I'm not really sure. I, I definitely understood that they were the, basically the salt circle was broken. So, so they're able to enter the, the, uh, this world again. But also, I didn't really know their full their full motivations because at one point they were just like, "Well, let's go and let's go reharvest our our home world," and then they're just like, "No, we're bad now." It's like, ah. Hey, my, my basic no. my basic takeaway was that Lucy Liu was the most pissed off. <laughs> she's like, I, mean, I have, yeah, she, I she's have like a grudge. Uh, and, daughter, right? But like, what I didn't get was. The others just take her take her away, please. Like, just, <laughs> let's have a conversation here. Also, and just this is super stupid, but the the whole staff thing that you're just talking about, I kept thinking like because they're putting a lot of effort into opening the plastic glass case that it was in, and I was just thinking sure. Rachel Zegwer's character's whole deal is she can move matter around. It's like, right. why, <laughs> why is she not here? Like, this is <laughs> well. I mean, it's also a fair question. Put, put, why are first, you in off, high first off, first off, first off, <laughs> put Helen Mirren in school because that's fun instead of Rachel Zegwer's character. <laughs> Let's put her under. Would have been fun. Put Helen Mirren undercover in high school instead of Rachel Zegler, because <laughs> that's right do, there I, an like, A plus movie. <laughs> I do not understand the high school like I that. Like I, I can explain like plot explains some of it. I cannot explain why that it was why necessary. they needed an undercover mole in the right. random Philadelphia yeah, exactly. high school. 
it's like that, unless they were getting like readings they were like there's something going on with like this location like right. ah, especially because yeah. she she didn't know that freddie was a shazam guy. Right, right. exactly yeah, it's like, like <laughs> what was the plot here she was gonna fall yeah. in love anyway and, and it also i mean it also just has no narrative impact just because like as a member of the audience like we know who she is like right if any if you saw the trailers you like you got this oh, like, they, don't, they don't have like a key movie star playing this random character for no reason yeah, <laughs> yeah. i want to ask you guys a question um did you guys think that dietrich bader had a larger role in this movie uh also not necessarily but i'll say this the fact that i cared so much about what was about to happen to him and the key point in this movie yeah is a good credit to how much i apparently care for dietrich bader yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that like it's just the right actor where it's like he doesn't necessarily need to have a huge role in this movie and the fact that they give him something to do that makes a makes a worthwhile change up. It's like, oh, OK, like I feel about I feel something. about. Right. I, I think that's really what it, I, I think it's essentially akin to the John Glover scene scenes in the first one where it's just like, oh, this is a guy who's done a fair amount of DC stuff in the past. So he's kind of an Easter egg for fans in its own way okay. and like has his own like emotional like value in his existence because he dies. <laughs> so yeah yeah makes sense uh i have a question for you guys um this is more of a box office thing so the box office was not great right aaron no correct well it came in at about what 30 domestic 30.5 yeah. i think yeah uh-huh. 30.5 domestic sheesh uh yeah. david sandberg did not go to the premiere but he was kind of quoted as saying like i knew it wasn't gonna be great so i got my money up front um you guys have any he ought to be fair he also was that was a joke he made yeah, I know, he I know, but... directed. <laughs> I, David Eschenberg, I think he did show. Again, I think he did show a positive COVID test, also. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, like what Eric was mentioning, he's kind of got like a, a strange sense of humor, as as seen by PJ Byrne pointing over to the Annabelle doll. Uh, yes. But yeah, this movie did not do well, and I don't know if that's just. What do you think about that? Like, what is that from? I think uh, there's three anything. key reasons. What yeah. uh, one is? What's the hook? Um, and I'd argue there isn't a great one. Uh, the other is who's in it. And I'd argue there's not like some giant appeal beyond like, yeah, it's not yet. Yeah, you know, there are known people in there as far as how Mary and Lucy Lou, as far as something mm-hmm. that's a get, but nothing g- game changing. And also, didn't this movie come out eight months ago? As far as <laughs> this trailer has been around a lot. Oh, interesting. And it's been not a movie. And it, it feels like it took a long time for it to finally come out. And I feel like the kind of the novelty of getting a Shazam while the iron was hot. Uh, had worn off but eric do you have any dif- differing thoughts on that well i mean the thing that i'll throw into the conversation is kind of what i was saying earlier about this being kind of a canceled episode a canceled show that's running out its last few episodes mm-hmm. i mean when J- it's big news especially i mean especially among dc fans who are aware of this kind of thing that uh in the next couple of years everything is going to change that they're going to be getting something new uh at a, like starting with superman legacy and like so that decreased a certain amount of urgency to go out and see this movie i mean which is like that's a hook that marvel has been able to hang on for a really long time the idea that you need to see every movie to keep up with what's coming up next that urgency is now completely depleted mm-hmm. and it's really bad timing for dc to see that happen just because 
obviously they have three more movies coming out in the rest of this year and uh one of them has a act as a lead star who cannot come out and promote it uh one is uh i mean i think has barely any kind of recognition uh in Pe- as far as kids love blue beetle. blue beetle they're going yeah. up and down the street talking about sure. all the time i don't know what i mean i'd love it i, I want to live in that world aaron i i i, I do <laughs> Uh, and then Aquaman at the end of the year, which is like, especially after however these three movies do, we'll see how that happens. But I mean, obviously, I don't think that is the whole thing. Like, I don't think like the idea of, oh, the DC universe is coming. Let's ignore this. I feel like if Shazam also had better buzz, if it like got a better, got better reviews, had better mm-hmm. word of mouth, that it could have done better. But just kind of uh, including all of the uh, points that Aaron made, uh, in addition to the ones that I do, like it all just kind of. Form it kind of just added together to people saying, "Eh, we'll wait this for it." It's going to be on HBO, HBO Max, Max in a few yeah, weeks, exactly. yeah. be, like, like House Party. Kind of um, <laughs> I, I, I will say this as it as two two more editions. What it's like as far as like something like Aquaman goes, I mm-hmm. think that the the esteem of that and the fact that just like it plays constantly like TNT, like people like Aquaman. It's the and, biggest DC movie ever, and, and it's hard to deny. And what you know, it's not going to hurt it. That Jason Momoa is going to be so fucking cool in Fast X this summer. <laughs> People will be like, "When's the next Momoa movie coming out?" Like, I guarantee that's not going to hurt the movie whatsoever. It'll be like, "Yeah, fucking, let's get more Momoa in this." Right. Um, you mean when he goes from being a villain to being a hero? And yeah, the, they just get to see Fast more Momoa. X. The guy's yeah. popping. That's what I'm saying. The guy's popping right now. <laughs> that trailer alone, where he's just rocking out with like reptile jackets and yeah, licking blood off knives. Great, like, uh, great painted fingernails. Guy, yeah, he's he's hit his stride far, far better than Conan. Uh, oh, but the boy. other thing with this, what the fuck is The Rock doing? Like, Black Adam should be the oh. villain of this movie. Like, oh, yeah, no 100%. Sense. There's no world where Black Adam, where The Rock needed, where Dwayne, where Wayne the D is of The Rock Johnson needed to, <laughs> needed to like sit this one back and be like, I don't know, Black Adam should be his own thing for a while and then maybe we'll do Shazam. Get out of your ass, man. Like, you should have been highlighting it. That, like, so that is one of the strangest things about his tenure as Black Adam is yeah. just the fact that like how much distance he like put himself between anything to do with Shazam right. and like was just only focused on battling Superman. And like I do wonder if part of that might be like Dwayne Johnson didn't want to like be beating up kids, but or lose. Like, there's something in the back of my mind that <laughs> yeah, like I think it's maybe. Like he and like because like he is obviously in the in the context of Shazam, he is the villain and he seems to have a just pathological like does not want to do that at all anymore, which is a shame because the dude needs to flex a little bit. And his more interesting roles are where he does play those shades of darkness. Like that's why Hobbs is the best in Fast Five because he's an adversary to everybody. And pain and gain. I think pain and gain is his best performance and he plays a fucking maniac. So Yeah, I mean, it's it, like Eric. Uh, he was just hungry. He wanted some barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Finger looking good. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's just yeah, it's a huge missed opportunity, especially like it, Shazam needs the lift. All like this is an in tandem type thing. This should be yeah. a, a synergetic relationship here, as far as putting these people together. Because yeah. why would you not want that? The Rock's whole thing was you add me to a franchise and the franchise does better all of a sudden. This is where you do that, Rock. Right. <laughs> could have been was huge. Kind of your whole point. Yes. Here, like, yeah. yeah. Oh. 
That went terribly wrong. I like. I, I mean, I, 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 I guess even if we're going to keep talking about the box office situation, I do wonder if like maybe some of Black Adam's stink got on here a little bit. Like Black Adam was tremendously underwhelming. Uh, it did like obviously hurt DC enough at the box office to force a complete regime change behind the scenes. Uh, and just like there is a certain ripple effect that one could identify out of that. That just obviously has not good been good for DC overall so and again yeah four movies this year that's uh that's a that's a mountain it's also it's a it's a shit it or if anything it highlights because black adam i thought was a movie that was completely fine very forgettable but it's like like it has its, it's own a nothing spirit film. yeah it yeah. is but it watching this movie i'm just thinking how much better shazam looks than black Adam. like it just makes me <laughs> it makes me put black adam even lower because like that movie's whole color palette was what if we did like brown and terrible and like, <laughs> <laughs> where shazam it's like i i genuinely like how this movie is made like it looks like a movie that's set in a world where there's bright lights and there's a city that mm-hmm. is like yeah that is being interacted with in various ways and there's effects going on that feel like they actually belong in that world where black adam does, it, it's not even like black adam stylized just like no we just chose this it's like, yeah the why? color palette's like a little bit weird yeah but again the production design for this movie is pretty decent it's solid yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like you mentioned like some of the, the set pieces and what have you with like the dragons and then the layers and what have you uh-huh. but it's also just like, hey, the house, they go back to the house a few times. There's a backyard where there's an alleyway where the kids go and exit. It, it actually kind of makes sense. Like, I actually concede the, where they're living and how they're living. Mm-hmm. I don't concede that the parents don't see that Mary is out there on the streets looking exactly as she does every single day of her I, life. I, I, I read a quote from Samberg about there. It's like, yeah, her hair and her makeup's a little different, so they don't know. But, oh, um, that explains it. Which, yeah. which yeah. felt very much like... That's like someone like nodding at Clark, Clark Kent and being like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing. I mean, I get thrown off when people wear glasses, don't you guys? <laughs> and that's the, uh, that's the, like, we needed more of these kids. Like, I get that I they're agree. older. Yeah, that, but, that like, was my largest thing. That's a huge, like, miss to, like, not have more, especially, like, more of them as kids talking about just being superhero. Like, that's a, that's a fun section that we're not getting. Well, I will say, I mean, to throw the movie a bone, I mean, like, I feel like that is something that the movie was angling for just in, like, taking away their powers at the end and forcing them to, like, operate as kids within the third act. But at the same time, that was also more to just put Shazam in the center spotlight. So yeah, so we reduced them to just one and then now we can only focus on which, like, narratively makes sense. Like, yeah, you can't if they're all ultra powered, there's not a lot of conflict they'll need to face. But like. I wish you'd explore it. Like the whole thing is that they're terrible at their jobs. Like they could save people, but they can't save like the property damage they're causing. It's like, (laughs) do more with that. They're like, just get rid of these villains. Just let them have teen drama. Like that's fun. Let it be Shazam's. (laughs) I can deal with that for an hour and a half. That's fine. That'd be fine. Yeah. Let Megan Good talk like a child. Megan Good's like the only one, by the way, that like seems like the adult version of her character. Of her, like she's the one who actually like spent time with the kid, like that she was with. Yeah, yeah. And she's so, and she's so young, so it seems so specific. Where the rest right. of them are just like, sure. oh, we're just adults. Like there's yeah. no, <laughs> which is especially the case again for Asher Angel, who just if I had one issue with the first movie, it's that they do not seem like each other. Both no. Shazam. And yes, Billy I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's, that's that. That's that was true. like one of the few things where I'm like. This kid's like so not the same as what Zach Levi is doing, and it's like okay, yeah. <laughs> We're being like, like, why Adam is, Bro- is Asher the adult in the room versus like <laughs> Shazam? So. Uh-huh. 
Adam Brody's killing it though. Like he does his, he seems yes. to get the assignment. Kid like detective, that. of course. Yeah, kid, kid detective himself. Yeah, he, as Jack Dylan Grazer. <laughs> but the rest, as I say, like everything, team, everything going on with Freddy is right on the mark in this. Yeah, Freddy, yeah, Fre- yeah. yeah. That, that yeah. him a spinoff. Put him in yeah. the Flash movie. There you go. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah, again, Jack Dylan Grazer, great with everybody. So I enjoyed all of that stuff. Even him snooping around uh, the Pantheon is pretty funny. So. What do we think of the other, like, I, I understand as far as the villain plot goes, it's like, what? But what do you think guys think of uh, Mirren and Blue when I guess that Ziggler is by default a villain <laughs> to some degree, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, like, it, it is the weak point of this movie. Like, they, they, they are just incredibly, they're just so rote and their energies just are playing themselves. Like, Lucy Liu is the aggressive one and Helen Mirren is the leader who also is always going to play by the rules. And then you have Rachel Zegler, who's the young one, who's a rebel and doesn't necessarily see their side of the cause. And it is just like such a standard triumphant villain setup that it's like, and it doesn't really amount to much more than like the formula. And like, no matter how good you can get the best performance in the world and mm-hmm. getting Helen Mirren and Rachel Zegler and Lucy Liu is, that's a pretty damn good start. Yeah. Uh, like, there just isn't enough to these characters, I think, for them to be able to elevate it in any significant yeah, way. Yeah, and I think that's it right there. It's basically, there's just not a whole lot that they can really do. They can't really, like... Actually, Helen Mirren, when she kind of goes like a little bit more goofy, that's fun, you know? But at the same time, their their tones and their vibes are off. Um, but, you know, here and there, uh, when Helen Mirren, again, gets to either say a, a funny line or a good line or, you know, throw somebody on their back, that's fun. But sure. beyond that, not a whole lot. Yeah, like I, I'd agree. I, I think it's largely due to just the writing and sh- construction of what these people are doing right. and what their plot is. But I do think, I do think the work coming from them is good because they're good actors. Good actors do good acting. Like that's not a surprise for me. But yeah, I do, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're they are they are kind of out to see when it comes to what that motivation is supposed to be and why I mean beyond just like I don't want people to die it's like well what are, what's the problem that they're trying to cause again like I don't I just kept <laughs> losing the thread on that front beyond just causing chaos uh right. speaking of chaos though wooden dragons cool I'm down with that give me all the yeah. wooden dragons never never would have thought about that yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I like I like specifically that it was wood that's like that's such a like how do we do a dragon that's different? It's like, oh it's uh-huh. made of like the tree or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah that's neat. That's a neat concept yeah. for a yeah. dragon. And it looks cool. Like it comes yeah, it across really cool. well. And again, like to, to see it in daylight is actually really yeah. neat and like, yeah. like doing its thing as opposed to in, in shadows and darkness. So yeah. always helpful. Uh, not a spoiler, but um, there's two post credit sequences in here. What do you guys think of those? Uh, I mean, as far as like, it, it is weird again, just to go back to the whole DCU thing, like the idea that uh, like, they're teasing stuff for a future that just probably is never going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, which I could talk about in another dimension. But to focus on these, like one thing I will say uh, that I also especially like about what Davis Sandberg does is that it's very knowing, uh, yeah. like especially I mean, like, again, I don't want to think into spoilers, but like especially the second one, uh, it has a very knowing sensibility of like knowing the questions and the, and the complaints that the audience are going is going to have and kind of staying on top of it and frankly it's in i mean is it the spoiler to talk about the trailer and what they stupidly showed before this movie came out i mean if they showed it then no it's not i don't think we need to get into it like specifically yeah 
but, but I mean, I, okay, then in that case, to talk about it in vague terms, like, I yeah, like yeah. the fact that that is a, like, within itself, a reflection of what happened in the mid credit sequence of the first movie in the cafeteria scene with Superman, where, uh-huh. like, it is, like, they set, and what happens earlier in the movie where they set your le- level of expectations for cameo, and then, for a cameo, and then they, like, play with it. So, uh, like, I, I think there, that is an asset that is a part of this movie that I think clicks well. And for that reason, I enjoy the end credit scene. But at the same time, it does feel like you're just leading us to down a path that doesn't have. It will never have any ending. I have um, thoughts on the credit scene, but like the what you're the vague thing you're referring to that anyone that's been aware is already aware of. But like, <laughs> I like that the movie plays with that first. And if Warner Brothers wasn't like, this movie's not going to do well, we need to spoil everything in the trailers to get more people to go to theaters, that would have been a very great surprise to have had by the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It, it, no, it, it's a it, terrible it, cameo to ruin. Yeah. yeah. It's, it really is. Because it, it, it really factors into the narrative of this movie. Right. In, in yes. a significant yeah. way, more than just a surprise kind of way. It's more of like, a, oh, that's actually, that's neat. That's neat. Yeah, that they, I agree. Because even I was watching this scene, I was like, what is happening here? And then, what? Javan Hansu? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, and then uh, I thought uh, this would actually would have would have uh, satisfied my my expectation of what I had maybe seen on the internet. Now, as far as the post credit scenes go, the first one like they're both funny. Like they do what they need to do. They're not you know blowing me away, but it's like they're they're humorous. Mm-hmm. But the 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 second one reminded me of one of my favorite things about X three the last stand, <laughs> where there are some deleted, go on. there is there are some deleted scenes. More Brett Ratner love from Aaron. I, I, let's hear it. Yeah, yeah the more Brett Ratner. Yeah, there's some dele- there's some deleted scenes, and there's one where where Pyro goes to Magneto, who's been hiding out in like an underground layer. Um, and on the on the on the DVD when this came out, back when it was DVD, it was um like it was like Py- Pyro talks to Magneto, clean version, mm-hmm. and then there was Pyro talks to Magneto, bearded version. Now. <laughs> I, I I didn't know what to expect when I watched one. It was like, what would the what does that mean? And the bearded version is exactly the same scene, except Magneto and Ian McKellen has just like a giant fake beard on because it's been so long since we've been in isolation. And my roommate and I in college, we had such a fun reaction. It was like, this is exactly what it advertised, but it's hilarious because it's so like I get why it's deleted. It's ridiculous, but it's such an obvious big fake beard. So yeah. that brings me back to this post credit scene in this movie where there is a character that we see and he looks like it's the bearded version of that character. Like it's there's no part of it. Yeah. Oh, he must have grown some facial hair out for this one. It's like, nope, they just strapped out a beard to make sure you can indicate time. Um, <laughs> so that was my reaction to it's watching. It's called movie book. magic, Aaron. Movie magic. <laughs> but that said, I, I did I did like what it, I, I agree with you, Eric. I do think it's knowing as far as the kind of humor it's going for and what it's presenting uh, without like making a significant stride in what could potentially happen, given that there is no potentially happening at yeah. this point, it seems like. And I will just and to just finish my thought from earlier. Like I think that it's also it is weird just to think of Shazam. It, it's not really sustainable as a franchise, as this like movie very well indicates. Like especially with Grace Curry playing both the child version of Mary and the adult version. Like mm-hmm. you can't continue this franchise because eventually the kids are just going to all like sequentially replace their adult contemporaries to the point where I suppose Asher Angel eventually replaces Zachary Levi, which like, again, does not make any sense. Like there really is no possibility of a long-term future with this franchise, which is just 
hard to kind of reckon with. Yeah, it yeah. can't be the Simpsons <laughs> where they can just <laughs> perpetually be the same age. And yeah. I I mean, I think the and the other part of that I think is that Billy Batson's arc is so like completely wrapped up in the first movie as far as resolving his parents' issue. Sure. There's just nothing to do. Like there's no yeah, and there's nowhere sure. to go with that. You know, and even in this one, I thought that there was like an, an interesting arc that they were going for that I was like, oh, this is this feels very complete for the entire series of Shazam. Uh, and then yeah, they they chose they chose to like backtrack a little bit. Yeah, it does I I it's a shame because I do think the best thing it had going for it was this ensemble, but it just doesn't I mean in this film despite the fact that I enjoyed it well enough, it doesn't have enough for them to do to really make any major sways. And yeah, it sure. especially makes me wonder like, what would a part three even be? Especially if the rock, especially now, cause that's not even going to happen, but especially <laughs> if, but in a world where this was happening still in the way it was going, it's like, is black Adam ever going to be the Shazam villain that he only is known as to most people? <laughs> like... You're telling me that two guys with thunderbolts on their chest are supposed to be, counterparts of each other two guys no. both given powers by the same wizard, wizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah um shazam does it like i said shazam between black adam and ant-man and the wasp but shazam does well by its contemporaries so that, that that's at least uh a point in its corner well i think we've talked thoroughly about shazam fear of the gods any other thoughts i, I think we're pretty good here uh yeah no i think we're good all right so with that in mind when should people go and see shazam period of the gods uh eric uh i mean go see it on the big screen like hell just go like go see it go support movies it's it's a fun month to go to see movies and go see movies (laughs) (laughs) i i mean i agree with the sentiment of go support movies and go see movies in theaters this this is a rating of an hbo movie well, it'll be on Mac soon enough, next to House Party. So he got yeah. that going for you. Um, I um would say a, a matinee is good for this one. Um, okay. I I liked the movie. I had fun with it. I, I don't think it's designed to do anything more than entertain, and sometimes that's perfectly fine. Um, I wish it was better, but it is what it is, and I still had a good time. So I'd say like a matinee dollar theater showing that that's that's there good. you go. I think that's there fair. you go. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we've talked about Shazam: Fear of the Gods. But now we're going to live. I don't know what that means. What? Let's go. Let's move on. <laughs> what is happening? We've all got know. powers now. <laughs> you, you didn't get yours in the yeah. mail. How are they doing now? I got a touch of staff. Hey, what uh, what time is it here? Uh, it's time for a quick game here. Little known fact: that's actually the sound that plays uh, when the bridge is falling in this movie. But they were just like Aaron. <laughs> with that doesn't sound like a bridge. Uh, I, I, I put get... I put my all into that bridge theme. <laughs> you did, and they're and like, I was "No, thank when you." When you texted me, and you're like, "They they don't want it." Yeah, they, I, yeah. I texted you exactly this. I said, uh, "Water Brothers said no to bridge theme." Uh, wah wah, frowny face. Oh, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a game for you guys this week. It's called Eric Eisenberg versus the World. <laughs> okay. This is a game all around Eric Eisenberg. Uh, you know, guest of the show. This is where I will name a movie that Eric has reviewed. He has gone against the grain of the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter. Oh, no. <laughs> I would love for you to tell me what his score is out of five for this movie. Again, it's Eric Eisenberg versus the world. Oh, so no. All you have to do is just tell me the score. And no no need to buzz in. I'm just going to go to each of you. 
Um, this is not a who gets it first. It's just more of if you get it wrong, then the other person kind of gets it right. So uh, first things first here. This seems like it's tilted in the favor of one person. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. This is a little bit more of like, hey, just my memory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The first one here. Onward. Aaron, because uh, Eric is the leg up in this game, you got to go first. So onward. What did Eric give this? First of all, I should say that this is given a fresh with 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, given the premise of the game that you've set up here, I want to say... <laughs> yeah, I think that's maybe, a little too much information, but... I, I, I don't know, 2.5 out of 5? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> ah, okay. <Got> <laughs> Eric, you get to go next here. Sure. Brightburn. Uh, I think I might have gone 4 for that one. <laughs> it is a 4, and yeah, uh, it got a splat with 57. Yeah. It's fine. It's uh, a it's Superman but evil. I I, I dig that movie. I it's fine. <laughs> uh, next one here, Aaron. Hey, hey, yeah. Babe, don't tell me the Rotten Tomatoes score. I won't. I won't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I won't. Yeah. Here we go. Triple nine. Triple nine. Oh man, that's a movie with people. A lot of people. Kate Winslet has an accent, I believe, in that one. Yeah, I'm gonna say that the critics didn't go goo goo dolls over it. Uh, afraid, uh, an, ex- dolls. an expression I constantly use. I don't know why, but more people don't yeah. goo goo dolls. <laughs> uh, but I just came up with it. No, I never heard of it before. Um, I'm gonna say Eric gave that one a three point five. That is incorrect, Eric. Okay. What did you give Triple Nine? Oh my god, I honestly barely remember watching that movie, let alone reviewing it. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna just say I'm gonna three. You gave it a four. I gave it a oh, four. Wow. Fuck you me were... running. Why? <laughs> on triple nine. That's weird. Triple okay. nine. Well, yeah, I, really liked it. Yeah. I guess. It okay. got a splat with 54%. Okay. Uh, Eric, you gotta go next here. Wonder sure. Woman 1984. Oh, this one I know about, and I, I, I went too high with it. I regret this one. <laughs> so I have to even say, because I even know what it is, and I regret it. it I gave it a 4.5. You did give it a four and a half. What, what did you regret about it? Too high? You would have gotten it. I went too high. Like, I, I just, I, I like, it, I was caught up in, I like, it was December of 2020. I hadn't seen a big movie in a really long yeah, the time. The world has been shut. I was, I, I was kind of desperate and cl- like clawing for any entertainment. And frankly, I get, I don't hate it. Like, a- I, 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 I like this movie. Like, Let's I mean, put clearly, it I don't hate doing, it. The execution but, just wasn't all there. Yeah, yeah I, like I, I think that it does have a lot going for it. Uh, I, I, I mostly like. Honestly, I, I when I say I regret giving it a four point five, I should have given it a four. Like I, because yeah. I, I, that just four point five is just way too high for what it is. And I think basically what I was doing was judging it against the score that I gave the original Wonder Woman, which is basically me just getting inside my own head. So that's the story of how I. Eric Eisenberg playing mind games with himself. I like it with myself constantly. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it this got is my a life. splat with fifty eight percent. That was one of that was yeah. one of his wishes. <laughs> uh Aaron, you gotta go next here. The girl on the train. Well, let's see. That movie's bad, so that means that based on the judging of this game, it has a good review. Oh, oh boy. Uh, so I, I guess I'm gonna say four out of five. That is incorrect. Eric, okay. what did you give the girl on the train? I think I'm gonna say three point five. Three point five is correct. Oh, I almost yeah. said that too. I went higher. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. I mean, it came out like uh, I like Emily Blunt. I was taken by the mystery. It's whatever. There you go. It's a C. I gave it a C. That got us deserved to see. Yeah, I actually might go Aaron for the first for the rest of these. Actually, oh, <laughs> go for it. Let's check it out, Aaron. No, I have to explain myself. Nice. <laughs> yeah. The hunt. 
Huh. The Hunt. Does that have good reviews? Like overall, I think it slides into good. So again, based on this game, I have to go down. <laughs> but how down? I'll say two out of five. That is incorrect. Eric, what did you give The Hunt? I'm pretty sure I gave it a four out of five. It is a four out of five. Yeah. Oh, you loved that it. That movie's legitimate. Yeah, like I really like it. I, I I think it's the entire backstory behind it is also fascinating. The fact that like it got like essentially yeah. quote unquote canceled for exactly what it's about, like which is yeah. the idea that like uh, it, like right wingers think that left wingers like that they're hunting left wingers, but it turns out to just be a ploy of misinformation. Right. And yeah, it's like it, it, it's such an Ouroboros film that I appreciate it by itself, but also it's really funny and really well done. Like Craig yeah. Zobel should make more movies. What's its got tomato a good score? Point to it. The tomato score has got a splat with fifty seven. There's better than that. Uh, okay. I don't think that's fair. It's these on the line ones that get because, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, the tricky, tricky. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, the next one here Snake Eyes colon G.I. Joe Origins. <laughs> oh, well, that, okay. I know that was bad. <laughs> I know that has a bad rating. <laughs> so, so Eric's like, oh, come on, guys. Henry's good. Like, let's give it a pass here. 3.5. You just nailed it. Yes, <laughs> that is that is incorrect. Really, I gave it. A, I gave it less. I guess I gave it a three. You did give it a three. Okay. Right. So yeah, it's basically barely passing. Like, barely yeah, passing. Yeah. Like, so the I, three... I, I didn't. I, I didn't hate the fact that I spent like whatever, like less than two hours watching the film. Uh, I I will say the one thing that it did I couldn't forgive it for is its complete waste of eco waste, which was just sure. a fucking crime. But uh, but. It wasn't enough of a crime for me to completely dismiss the film. Yeah, so, it was a splat at forty five percent, and uh, Eric gave it a three point the three out of five. Three. So the main thing it. I remember about Snake Eyes, a movie that came out oh, only a year, like a year ago, like is there two years, like no, two thousand one, I think, yeah, or twenty twenty one. Yeah, yes. <laughs> is that Andrew Koji's character was like way more interesting than Henry Golding's character? Oh fuck yeah! That was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was I think that was literally the like crux of my review is that like why is this not why is this not called White Shadow like uh, Storm Shadow because yeah, but... way more interesting interesting and compelling yeah but, that, but then they make bullet train last year and andrew koji basically plays a similar version of that character yes. and it's and he's like the weakest part of that movie. well he's surrounded <laughs> like, by a better ensemble yeah exactly yeah, yeah. that's true better ensemble for sure uh aaron the next one here army of the dead army of the dead well that's a movie i like um did eric but, like but it did the, but did the world would everyone else embrace Zack snyder's uh best film since Watchmen, like i did um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say hmm. Well, but if it's Eric's ratings, hmm, this is tricky. Uh, I'm gonna say two point five. Eric, what did you give Army of the Dead? I'm pretty sure I gave it a two. It is a two. Yeah, right, that was I close. did not appreciate that film. <laughs> hey, Aaron, could you explain to me why at one point in the third act of that film there's a Terminator zombie? You want? Know Give me a shot at that. The the answer to that question is no. I cannot answer that question. The, the, a better a better question I have <laughs> is the whole one of the crux cruxes of the mission was I, I like the daughter wants to go so she can get a friend of hers out and then she like entirely disappears like the friend yes. that they were after yeah. disappears in a helicopter crash yep. <laughs> and it's like the whole points of part of this mission is absent from this finale. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not not a great uh, reason for them to go in, but no. you know, it got a plump tomato with sixty seven percent. I am uh, shocked by that. I can honestly movie? say I am shocked by it's that. My movie. It got Garrett yeah. Dillahunt reprising his role from that Tiger movie where he gets eaten by a zombie tiger. Garrett like, Dillahunt. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Next one here, Aaron. Eternals. 
Eternals. Well, that's famously a, a, a quote-unquote not great Marvel movie, as some people would say. So I'm going to say Eric gave that a four out of five. <laughs> it is not a four. Eric, what did you give Eternals? I think I gave it a 3.5. It's a three. You gave it a three. Three, okay. Yeah. You keep Nobody gets what I say. I answer. I'm only off by like half a star. It's not like yeah. wildly off. <laughs> I mean, again, like it's fine like i honestly like i i got i, I got out of it honestly the, yeah. like the problem with that movie is just that its cast is way too big like you need to cut five people out of that ensemble and you have like an excessively better movie sure. like it just and also i don't understand like why you fly i, I don't remember the exact flight pa- flight pattern but they go from like colorado to india and then back to like cleveland like it, it i don't understand why yeah. they, they just the, the, they the flight rates guys I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean they don't have muppet mo- money like travel by map yeah sure, exactly. right. although if they did travel by map that movie would be 10 times that'd better. be so <laughs> great yeah uh the next one here frozen 2 by the way, Eternal is splat with 47% and yeah. uh, Eric here three and a half or 3.5 or three out of five. Uh, Frozen 2, Aaron. Well, if they did sing that one song that we all remember and we can all sing right now, but we're not going to, not to prove it. Um, I know that that's still positive. So that means Aaron goes negative, <laughs> but half a negative on Frozen 2, a movie that exists. Um, I'm gonna go 2.5 again. That is correct. <laughs> okay, 2.5 out of five. Not a fan of that one. Uh, yeah. The story is just nonsense. Like the story in that movie is like utterly preposterous. And like, and also you have so, you had like you had so much time to figure out a good narrative for this film and a way to develop any of the characters, and it completely whiffs it. Like I I was impressed by how little I liked that film. So yeah. Uh, also, yeah, again, I think I was almost being generous with that 2.5. So, yeah, Yeah. should have given it a one. It's not Uh, aged well in my brain. The uh, the song that nobody can remember. Um, the last one here, Aaron Sully. Wait, what was the what was the score? It got a fresh with 77%. That's right, a certified fresh 77. Uh, Aaron Sully. Well, first off, Sully, (laughs) not not just a good movie, but the man's a hero. He uh, landed the plane. Yes. On the Hudson. It was a water heard, landing. Yeah. It was a water landing. Uh, it wasn't a crash. It was a water Bird. landing. Birds. <laughs> um, Aaron Eckhart, good mustache. Um well, if that's a good movie, then I guess Eric was not impressed with what Captain Silly Sullenberger had to offer to the world um uh, with his heroic act of bravery. Uh so I guess not impressed by Clint Eastwood's seamless use of IMAX cameras um for that movie. Uh two out of five? Two seamless? out of five is correct. Wow. Seamless? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> uh no, this movie did absolutely nothing for me. I I like, I mean, Tom Hanks performance aside, like it is just such an empty film that just it like it's so rote and by the books, and like it has the flight sequence, but everything that happens before it and after it, like I, I mean, I we I lived through Sully. I know like right. the general basic elements of what happened in the story. You're not keeping me suspense. You're keeping me in suspense, wondering if he did the right thing and like in within the time span that he had. Like there, there's no like energy to that film. It, and like, and it, it, is it Laura Linney who's stuck on the other side of a phone for the entire entirety of that movie, just like, so. talking to Tom Hanks while he walks the streets yeah. of New York, like. 
unforgivable. How dare you waste Laura Linney in that fashion? But Eric, so, he was so stressed out he couldn't sleep, so he would run at night. Right. Yes. How, yes. Of course. By the yeah. way, Sully, you're certified fresh with eighty five percent. Because it's a good movie. Wow. Um, <laughs> I only had one tiebreaker in case there was a tie. Eric, you ran away with this game seven to three, but the tiebreaker <laughs> was Big Hero Six. Aaron, what did you think Big Hero Six? Uh, Eric rated this. Well. I mean, I know that is a very positive re- uh, reviewed movie, um, which uh, hmm. Eric didn't like Big Hero. He wasn't super fond of it, but I still like it's a it's a mild trick. So I'm going to say three out of five. Eric, what did you give Big Hero six? I think I might have tuned it. You two and a half it. <laughs> two and a half it. OK. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, the problem with that one is it, it like it just came out at the wrong time. It was like I just felt it was such a generic superhero story that i agree came, with you and it I, didn't do and it like as an animated movie like it had all the world to do some crazy amazing stuff and it just didn't so i think i think the baymax stuff obviously works as well as it does and like there's sure. some neat ideas for what's like san Tokyo or whatever or is that yeah Cla- is san, Cla- san Francisco? yeah that's not quite a chance of meatballs too it's it's big hero no. six well, both, both of them have yeah. hybrids of cities yeah <laughs> um but yeah i uh i like it's a movie I like, but I don't love, and it, yeah, I think it's because it doesn't really have much more ambition beyond. Uh, wouldn't this be neat? Yeah. Yep. Well, Eric, you but won, it won the, the Oscar. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, <laughs> it did. and it, it went on to have a successful TV show, um, and tons of merch with Baymax. But Eric, you won the game called Eric Eisenberg versus the World. Shocker! Yay! <laughs> Who knows? Who I knows? win a game named after me. That doesn't seem like much of an accomplishment, but here we are. <laughs> Sometimes well, I mean, people can't even remember their own tweets. Well, I mean, so. I, I famously lost the game that's called Aaron Newworth famously eats a giant sloppy worm because I didn't want to eat the worm. So I mean, you don't you don't always win the you don't always win the ones. I guess yeah, sure. you don't always win the Also, ones Aaron and I, big fans of sloppy steaks. <laughs> sloppy steaks, yeah, you know, you get a big cut of a Give steak. Give me some more water. Pour water on it, sure. Yeah, <laughs> so you can't do it, but they can't stop your ordering a glass of water and a steak. Exactly. You just gotta eat it really fast. <laughs> Can't, yeah, they're not watching you all the time. Uh, new episodes come out in May. That's gonna be. I was fun. gonna say that's coming back in a few months. I'm so <laughs> yeah, excited. Season three. But, oh boy, seeing like t- t- you know, ten second clips of those online every now and again just gets me going. <laughs> I literally watched the Ford Focus Group one with uh with Ruben uh the, 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 earlier today. Like I I love that show so so much. It's a great show. Oh, tables. <laughs> it's the the Bob Odenkirk one does it for me. Oh, <laughs> I've got three of every kind. Yeah, I watched yeah. I watched that the most. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh. too cold out. The ice cream stores are closed. <laughs> yeah. It's just something about every bit of mannerism he puts into that, which Perfect. had to be oh. just him making up stuff on the I spot. feel like it it's is, just yeah. killing me. He's, he's a great it's improviser. A, it's just, I just grow on the open road. I, I have a wife. Like, right. wait, he stops. Like, it just gets me. We're getting our long like, friends, I... too. Well, winking at, winking at uh, our guy. Yeah. All right. Well, that... That was that was games. Thanks for that game, Abe. You're welcome. Let's move on. Let's get to about now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash now podcast. We have some number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us some answers. Uh, Eric, feel free to throw in any answers you might have to some of these questions we're about to go over here. Yeah, the first question here is, what are some great films about kids who get in over their heads? Todd Lee Bunnell has The Goonies, The Sandlot, The Monster Squad, and of course, all these films draw some inspiration from our gang shorts. Um, or rascals. I'm gonna oh. throw "Stand by Me" in there. I mean, Stand by Me, yeah. They get into some stuff for real. Uh, Chris writes "Dope" and "Attack the Block." Philip great. has "Super Eight and "Castle in the Sky." Marie has "Stand by Me." 
and Michael has Stephen King's It. Hey, another great one. Two Stephen Kings in there, then. Yeah, Miyazaki's actually a good call. There's a lot of kids just getting over their heads on certain things in Miyazaki movies. I know. Yeah. Uh, the entire history of South Park comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is true. Um, Let's see. Uh, cop Car? Oh, I love Cop, cop Car. car. Yes, Kevin Bacon? That's great one. Yes. Yeah. That that's, that's when John Watts directed a movie and then become an anonymous person in a cog of a machine. He made Spider-Man movies. <laughs> I mean, he's making money. Spider-Man director. I am very happy that he is successful. Yeah. It is just... Oh, yes. It's fascinating to me that he has been absorbed by those movies and, yeah. like, I, you'd be hard-pressed to think he's a real person because he has nothing to say about <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, well i'm stoked that his energy is now going towards the final destination franchise because that i am elated to see come back because that franchise is incredible yeah bring back devin sawa yeah hopefully i mean he's back for he's in chucky saying killing it so he he died in the destination universe so i mean i don't know but yeah, but, yeah. But, but in chucky he has a twin and he plays a character in every season so I, exactly. what do i know <laughs> is yeah. a twin in the first Who season knows? then he has a, just another yeah. character and just, just another play. guy he plays yeah exactly he's a real Van cleef of the chucky series <laughs> exactly and Chucky actually is another good example for this. Uh, for this whole yeah, they do get it game. over their head. Yeah, boom, the child's play, boom, nailed a lot it. of things yeah. over their head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, next question: Who should Shazam team up with? Todd, leaving in front of the show writes: As a '70s kid, I would have to say ISIS, since the two shared an hour programming block on Saturday mornings from '75 to '77. Needless to say, ISIS is not a terrorist organization group that he's referring to. Also, Todd, just an old guy. <laughs> jk todd jk todd leave now uh brandon peters friend of the show writes uh as far as shazam who she, he should team up with james gunn and peter saffron <laughs> good one brandon uh who should he team up with will be a good pairing of shazam uh obviously michael B. jordan as creed because they're both from philadelphia there you go. That's, that one's natural. Sure. They should just train together. That'd be a great montage. Why not? Why not Sly? Give him some old energy. <laughs> this is true too. But he's got a restaurant now. He's got you know he's got stuff to do. Hey yo, with Shazam. <laughs> That's all he has to say. Wait, hold on. I, is he in the? Is he in the call with us? Hey, it's me. <laughs> it's, it's old Rock. I want to talk about Chris Clifton Ice Tea. Uh, the next question here. That's all I serve at my restaurant. Adrian's. Oh, that's nice. We're having um, we're having discount lunch specials <laughs> on the weekends now too. It's, a tough it's economy. just like pasta. <laughs> it's a tough economy. We got to do lunches on the weekends now. Uh, that question here: What are some great films that bring the mythological to the modern world? Jordan Graff on the show has The Kid Who Would Be King. Irene writes Thor Ragnarok. Keith has Krampus. I should have said that with the German accent. Krampus. That's better. Uh, Philip has My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, Marie writes Reign of Fire, Clash of the Titans, the Sinbad movies. Jason and the Argonauts, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mythology to the modern world. Uh, um, hmm. Let's see. Not Percy Jackson, because it's bad. Because um, the question is great films. A mythological to modern world. What um, else we got? I mean, Aquaman's technically like King Arthur and shit, right? <laughs> That's like what's going on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the Hellboy movies, the good ones. There you go. <laughs> Those bring okay. a lot of stuff. The Del Toro ones, got it. Yeah, the good ones. Yeah, <laughs> I sometimes forget that uh, David Harbour actually remade Hellboy. I was like, wait, what? I don't. Uh, <laughs> it's a word. It's a caution. Because <laughs> now they're like, let's do it again. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, why? Yeah. Stop! Stop <laughs> this! 
please. <laughs> Mike, Mike Mignola, Mike. Get, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> Video game was cool. All right, next question we have here. Who are the great movie wizards? Jordan Grout writes Matilda Wormwood and Jafar. Yes. Him putting both of those back to back is very funny to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Philip has Gandalf is the goat. Um, Chris has Merlin from Excalibur and Tim the Enchanter from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Hmm. Some call him Tim. Uh, Todd has the wizard, as in the movie, the wizard. Mm. Irene has Oz, the great and powerful, is literally in his tower, in his title. <laughs> And uh, Michael has Dumbledore, of course. Yeah, why not? He, he's a, he's a headmaster now. Great movie wizards. Mm. I was going to throw this one out there. Yoda. That's Is good. he a wizard? Why not? He's got magic yeah, okay. powers. It's a wizard. <laughs> yeah. uh, he nice... He's kind of an incompetent one, but I suppose you could say Mickey and... Uh, and the Sorcerer's Fantasia. Apprentice? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh-huh, but I throw out there Nick Cage. Yeah, the sorcerer, the sorcerer, sorcerer's apprentice. Sure, because everyone remembers that movie. But not Jay Baruchel. He's a training. Oh. He's a training. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to say the Wizard of Lies, the Bernie Madoff story from HBO. <laughs> sure. Uh, there you go. Uh, the next question here is, is, that is De Niro. That's De Niro. Yeah. When it comes to HBO original movies directed presumably by Barry Sonnenfeld or David Mamet, I'm like, it's either De Niro or Pacino. It's one of them. <laughs> yeah, this is true. The next question here. Who are the best gods in movies? Chris has Setter Kane in The Mouth of Madness as Xerxes 300. And Michael writes Morgan Freeman as God himself. Barry Levinson, not Sonnenfeld. Correcting myself. Um, Best gods in movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. What do we got? Uh, Let's see. Goes with the Gozarian. Yes. Yeah. Good one. Through your minds. Um, there's that line in uh, Batman Forever where Jim Carrey goes, and I am a god. Yeah. And he it says her in the god voice, and it's very funny. Um, I mean, I could take this opportunity to hate on Troy because I'm like, why the fuck did you take gods out of this story? Like, half most interesting thing about it. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? It's uh, a weird choice. Yeah, it's very <laughs> dumb. I don't Weird choice when you're reading that. the Iliad and you're saying, oh, they're going to make a Troy movie with Wolfgang Peterson. Well, yeah, let's see that go wild, and it doesn't yeah. go wild. It just it doesn't goes, go wild. It's it just goes for three hours, so it doesn't right go wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Kurt Russell, uh, as ego. There's yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, 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 what's his name? Um, uh, Billy Crudup in Almost Famous. He's a golden god, as you He's might go- know. Yeah. There you go. That's a good one. I mean, yeah, he jumped <laughs> off that kid's roof. Did he jump? Uh, yeah, he did jump. He, jumps, he jumps. jumps. Yeah, because he's got the towel line on the next scene. <laughs> yeah, but 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 uh, little kid is just like, don't do it. <laughs> he's sitting down there. And then they sing Tiny Dancer, and it's great. Um, Alanis Morissette. Ah, oh, that's a great one. Duh. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Or whatever the noise she makes. Yeah, you pretty, pretty much nailed it. Right. All right, last question we have here: With Dwayne Johnson choosing to sit it out, what other villains should Sazam face? Mr. Um, for starters, the city attorney general's office for creating all this massive destruction. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm not defending Shazam because you ruined my city. <laughs> so Stallone is not no longer giving them free lunches. 
Honestly, I would, I would I would actually watch a courtroom drama. Like I I'd say I'd like just as far as like expanding genres for superhero movies go, like the idea of like a courtroom genre of like the city of Philadelphia versus Shazam and like That'd suing him for all the damage. So good. Yeah. I'd watch the hell out of that. I, I, I think they gotta think bigger. I mean, the last time they brought a cape into a courthouse to face up to some heinous charges, it there's blew a bomb. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. With <laughs> with real Senator Patrick Leahy in the scene. Yeah, yeah there were there were hundreds of casualties. <laughs> yeah. Given that it's set in the same universe, I don't think they're lining up to be like, you know what? You know, it'd be a good idea if you put a massively overpowered man or six of them into one room together and see what how that shakes. <laughs> Then Black Adam finally shows up, right? Right. <laughs> that's, like, oh. that's what'll do it. All right. Yeah, he's like, sorry guys, I was just defending my part of uh my part of the world. I had to find myself before I could find the right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In your franchise. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, that was out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And that's gonna bring us to the end of this week's episode of Out Now Out There and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write movie reviews for Why We Live Entertainment, and I write uh, Blu-ray and Criterion reviews for Why So Blue. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff on my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, nobody reads the Tribune. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Eisberg, where can people find more of you online? Uh, you can find all of my writing over on Cinema Blend. And one thing I will just quickly promote is the fact that uh, I have a horror, mo- a horror movie column uh, that launches every Thursday. I just wrapped up uh, with the prior to the launch of Scream, a an entire history and legacy of the Scream franchise going uh, through all the movies and the TV show. And with Evil Dead Rise coming up in a few weeks, I am going to be starting this week uh, with a uh, deep dive into all of the Evil Dead movies, which I'm incredibly excited about because I love all of those movies unconditionally. Uh, you can find, again, all of my work on Cinema Blend and find me on Twitter at E. Eisenberg. That sounds super cool of a premise, Eric. Thank for you. For your yeah. podcast. And as a massive Evil Dead fan, I'll certainly be checking out those articles. Yeah, please do. Uh, um, well, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Fair and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Nature's Table, LED. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook, Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can check out our Twitter, Twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. And again, leave us a review and rating on iTunes. That'd be much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, Eric, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Eric. Always, thank, always great to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. For sure. Glad to have you on as always. Congratulations yeah, on, on winning the game named after you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> he and I were texting back and forth before the show. <laughs> How can we plot together to do this? Nice. But uh, yeah, super fun as always. Thanks to listeners for listening. Next week's show, John Wick, Chapter 4. Wow. Finally we'll reading. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this week. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Most purest, most rawest form flow almost flawless Most hardest, most honest, known artist Chip off the old block, but old Doc is back Looks like Batman brought his own robin Oh God, Saddam's got his own